Welcome to The Forgotten, a podcast dedicated to shining a light on the often overlooked and heartbreaking experiences of homeless seniors in hospice care. Join us as we embark on a journey of empathy and understanding, delving into the lives of those who have been left behind by society. Hello, everybody, and this is Keith Bell. Welcome to the second episode of The Forgotten Podcast, where we talk about uh, hospice care, the homeless crisis that we have in this country, and we are back with our man on the ground, Jason Keel. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing well, thank you. We're here at the Civic Center in downtown San Diego, and you, if you're familiar with this area, this is where the symphony is at, where they do their opera house, and this is another addition but this is now the homeless shelter where they have over 350 beds here. And I'm here about twice a week to help with medical support and, and help them with the chair exercise to identify what's going on with each individuals and then work on a plan of getting them out of here into more of a care background. So. How long have they been? How long have they been using this as a uh, homeless shelter? Um, I think since COVID started, and I, I'm guessing around 2020 or 2021. I'm going to have to uh, check on that. But I started coming here in uh, 2022, so it was already alive and kicking during that time. So then I just started uh, just trying to see how we can really clean it up from here. Now, t- tell me, um, we talked about this f- before, like what are some of the things that they um, they do inside? Like you said, there's a whole process they have to go through to, you know, get in. Um, there's all kinds of source- resources there and everything. So it's uh, the program's called the Homeless Resource Center. If you are homeless and you need to get into a bed right away, you can stand in line every day over there. There's usually about 50 to 70 people. And what gets approved for the amount of beds, you're looking at three to four beds a day. And so uh, a lot of these guys get still left out. And there's, uh, I think, a women's shelter that's recently got shut down recently. And so uh, it's just harder to get uh, the women into the shelters now. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, you deal with the hospice component, right? That's kind of your role in it? Yeah. So what it is is that I just identify who needs the most support uh, when go- when they're terminally ill, and then I try to get them approved to our program uh, to get them out of here, and then I uh, approve them into our foundation that helps pay for their uh, boarding care, which is a minimum, you know, $4,000 a month. So the goal is to get them real care, and if they are terminally ill, that they can pass in the home of care. Okay. And so, but this place, you know, it's good that they they have something like this. They have HHS, HHS here, Health and Human Services, for people who need to get their Medicare, Medi-Cal, their IDs, because usually when they're homeless, their stuff is usually missing. And so first they just need to get their IDs and Medicare and insurance license. And then from there, 
They try to help them into a housing program that can take about months to years and, um, and they can leave and come back before 10 and then they'll have a place to stay and there's food twice a day here. So it, so it's, it's this, is like an, this is like an everyday thing for them. They have to leave and then come back, leave, come back. Well, they don't, the, the, the residents don't have to leave. It's just that it's an option for them. But okay. they do have to come back before 10 because all the security is there to count each bed who returns. And then in the morning time, we can see what's available. Then we can wow. start bringing people in. So there's a whole process for this, but I'm getting a hold of it and then connecting with all the skilled nursing facilities and the hospital to guide them to hold each of their uh, pa patients' hands all the way out here. And then they do a wellness check to make sure that they did discharge safely. And I'm here to dis to make sure all that happens. Now, you uh, you told me a really heartbreaking story about a guy this morning. It, are you able to share that or no? Yeah. Uh, this was uh, last Monday, earlier Monday. What is it today? Wednesday. So we walked out after doing uh, uh, some patients inside. I walked out to that area. There was a gentleman just sitting there, and he was just shivering and just uh, not looking healthy. And he looked uh, really scared and worried. And so I just couldn't leave him uh, like how he was. So I asked about his situation, and uh, he said he had cancer. Oh. He said his brother died of cancer last year. And he has cancer this year, and and he has lung cancer. So, uh, so I told him uh, the best solution is right now is since he got kicked out and he doesn't have medication and he's puking and and having uh, bad diarrheas, you know. So I told him the best thing for him to do is get to the hospital. From the hospital, I'll be visiting him and uh, creating a care plan for them and then getting him to apply for my program so that he can go to a, a place of care uh, and not sleep on the streets. He oh. was sleeping. He was sleeping in front of the mayor's office. Uh, so that. And um, one of the things we, we've talked about uh, a bunch of times is the amount of money that goes into these places. Um, you, you mentioned it costs about $4,000. Is it a month? For people, yeah, just so it's just a four four thousand dollars a month for uh, a assisted living to have uh, three to four people uh, or caregivers at home to help maintain, cook food, uh, assist these uh, seniors in their needs, and so it gets more expensive because of the level of care, and mm -hmm. so it it's just a challenge from the beginning. Wow! So that money, that hundred six billion dollars that he's so easily right off to other countries. We need it here. Our community is slowly deteriorating. Our health in our city, the San Diego, we're supposed to be super healthy, is declining. All you see on the streets are usually seniors in handicaps, wheelchairs, and, and all types of weird medical issues. And yeah. so- I think the, the last episode we talked about how people from other states are coming to California uh, in droves, and I guess that's because of the availability of resources, or or what's causing that drive? Yeah, they they do come out here because they know they can get a lot of 
medical assistance, but there is a lot of challenges accessing those uh, assistance because they're going to try to figure out what state they're at, try to use whatever information and gather uh, what resources from that, bring it over here and see what we need to do to accommodate him here. Wow. So, so, so the goal is for people like that, they're usually on the street, they're probably damaged. So you want to just send them to the hospital so that they can fully do a, uh, uh, evaluation on, evaluation. on or see where, where the patient can and cannot do from there. we we can determine where this patient can go to, or this senior can go to for care. It's just, we just got to take care of these people here on the streets. Yeah, well, it, it, you mentioned the, the $106 billion that uh, President Biden has allocated for various, you know, uh, military and aid operations uh, around the world. But, uh, you know, I grew up in an age where uh, this this is not a new problem. I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s, and I can remember the big joke was uh, the $900 hammer that our federal government would pay for the the two thousand dollar toilet seat that we would pay for, and uh, you know, in preparation for today's episode, I did a little research uh, to see if the problems changed. I you know, I wasn't surprised to hear it hasn't. No, 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 uh, no joke. But uh, I pulled up information from uh, a uh, a congressman. He's with the um, he's. Uh, Congressman Bill Posey, he's from the 8th Congressional District in Florida. So um, he does, he's on the Finance Committee, and I pulled up some of the different things that our government has wasted money on in uh, 2023. So here, here's a good one. Over $100 million for a harbor and an airport for a town with no roads and 75 full-time uh, residents. Uh if you remember, you remember the uh, the bridge to nowhere uh, in Alaska. Okay, yeah. that's 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 well. Another town has up the ante and they've built an um, an unused seventy five point five million dollar airport, a twenty nine million dollar harbor with no roads connecting the town. So we're talking about the town. We're talking about a town that's got seventy five residents and they spent twenty nine million just on a harbor. Okay. What could you do with twenty nine million dollars? Twenty nine million dollars. Jeez. Yeah, that's full. So, uh, twenty nine million dollars can do a lot for just anybody out in here in San Diego. But collectively, you know, we can really clean it up with that twenty billion. <laughs> it's just a fraction of what Biden was looking to give away out of the hundred six billion. So you're looking at twenty billion for homes for all the Americans in the U.S. And then let's say you want to help out with uh, a school. Boom. You got the money for it within that $106 billion. <laughs> so we can take care of multiple things. But uh, we need help. We need help here. here, here here's another one. The second annual Hawaiian Chocolate Factory. Got, I'm sorry, Chocolate Festival, not Factory. Think no. of Chocolate. I'm thinking of Charlie and Chocolate Factory, but nearly $50,000 in federal money was awarded to uh, the Hawaii Department of Agriculture will help support the Hawaiian cacao industry. Now, that's only $50,000, so 
you you could probably help you know a bunch of people with that. Let's look, see what else we have here. Yeah, it's just a whole waste, man. Like well, the, the the one with uh, Gavin Newsom trying to clean up a certain part of San Francisco, and then trying to tell the people that it's a cleanup once when there's visitors. Well, why don't you just clean it up and that's be it, so we don't have to make it a problem. You clean it up what? one time. Didn't you have the, tr- the I, I don't know if this is the term, but didn't you have like the train to nowhere in California? It, ran, it runs from LA to San Francisco. Yeah. And so, you know, I can imagine, but it, it, I, it, as you know, I was a police officer for 25 years. And uh, when I retired, I applied uh, for the attorney general's office in my state. And in anticipation of preparing for that interview, uh, I was going to be doing Medicare and Medicaid fraud investigation. And I was shocked to learn that every year there's eight to ten billion dollars of Medicare, Medicaid fraud. Just the fraud aspect. And that's the stuff that's reported. So, you know, uh, as a government, our government does not do a very good job of managing taxpayer dollars. Yeah. I just, you know, and, and then there, there's project like, you know, what you're doing uh, to try and help, you know, people die with a sense of dignity in a, in a safe and healthy place. Um, and you've got to go around begging for money. I mean, th- there's, am I right here? There's just like, there's something wrong here. It, it I, does. Just, I want the support of the American people. We need help. We can't yeah. give our money away to these other countries anymore. And if if other countries really want to help us, let our leaders know that they need to focus on their own countries. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, so. I, I'm I'm all about that. I mean, you know, and let's you know, let's also, in addition to that, let's start managing what we spend here in the United States. You know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, some of your listeners and some of the viewers can probably comment on various projects that they've uh, wasted money on. So, you know, yeah. you can, and, and the thing is that San Diego is not the only place that this problem's occurring. This is occurring all over the United States. All over the United States. I mean, I know, I know uh, I'm in the Philadelphia area and I know that uh, the homeless problem um, and the, the drug problem, and you know, I, I gotta imagine the hospice care problem uh, in areas like Kensington, uh, you know, Philadelphia. There's a part of Kensington where I was born and raised that is now referred to as Zombie Land because everybody there is either on drugs or coming down from drugs or overdosing. Uh, it's just a really, really sad, sad, sad situation, and. You know, it's time that our country does something about it and, you know, and starts to prioritize where it puts its funds. So, yeah. No, I don't think we're getting attacked with with uh, chemical uh, drugs and also, you know, these weapons as well. That's just uncontrollable. So they're just letting it spiral out of control, having weapons, easy access, having drugs, easy access. Then you create chaos on the streets when people are desperate in need of help. So it's just going to get worse and worse. And I think they already planned on this. 
So I think we just need to make sure that we take control of this situation now. Our generation has to do this now. And I think that the politicians are seeing that the, the changes are going to happen soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, um, you know, brings me to the work we're doing with your company, uh, Care Management Marketing, where, um, you know, the crux of what you're trying to do is bridge the gap uh, or bridge the gaps in hospice care, you know, with coordinating uh, patient care better, uh, you know, the insurance aspect of it, uh, the whole. I think. I think uh, we need to expand hospice care into a wider range of uh, uh, um, places now because I'm realizing that we are the ones that should be taking care of these people, like these seniors with terminal illness off the streets. I think it's us who needs to be educating the community and the seniors on what next to go to after retirement. Right. I think it's our responsibility to do all these education to help the community guide them where they need to go because it's kind of mystery. Okay. So I'm realizing it's we need to do more on the hospice side. And so that's why we're doing this to expand what hospice could become. Okay. We'll talk, talk a little bit about your foundation before we uh, wrap up here. The uh, I always say this wrong, the Caritas Foundation. Caritas Care. So uh, you can check it out at carita-care.org. So basically, it's a foundation that our hospice organization has invested a lot of money into in the past 10 years. Since 2013, we invested $1.25 million. And, and because uh, you're looking at 4000 minimum for assisted living boarding care to 7000 because wow. of the level of cares. So if you're 65 or 70 and about to re, uh, retire and you have a lot of illness and you can't take care of yourself, you better have money, $4,000 minimum. And if you don't, this program will help you. And this looks like it's gonna help me later on because I know when I'm 70, I'm not gonna have four or 5,000 on a monthly basis just for care. Well, so, it's not going to be four or five thousand dollars by the time you. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> as, as, oh. as we know, inflation drives everything up, my friend. So, well, I I, I always enjoy talking to you, Jason. I know that uh, you know you're committed and passionate about this, and I I just want to tell all the people that listen to this podcast and watch this video. You know, please uh, make sure uh, you like and subscribe on the YouTube channel and that make sure you also like, uh, subscribe, follow our uh, podcast because we're trying to make a difference here. I mean, here's two guys on completely opposite sides of the country. I mean, we couldn't be any further apart. How far apart are we? Like 4,000, 3,000 miles? Yeah. That's right. We're just trying to and we feel the same issues, we see the same issues, and we have the same passion to fixing the same, fixing this issue in our community. Absolutely. So, make sure, so make, thank you guys. I guess thank you, thank you so much, and make sure you follow us, uh, and we will see you in the next episode. Okay, so that's my next target right there to see what I can do to help that one out. All right, so thanks, guys. All right. You have a good day. Thank you, Keith. Man, see ya. Okay. Bye bye.